This is Ashley. And this is Katie Ray. And this is The Mom Stuff. Hey y'all, happy Tuesday. What up? Um, <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, not much. I mean, just hanging out. Um, obviously been watching all my trash Bravo shows and I just want to say the Real Housewives of New Jersey are just like really doing it this Okay, season. have you started watching the Miami one, I think, maybe? I haven't, but I really want to. Is that the one that Larsa Pippen is Yes. On? Okay, I just saw Eno's post up about her the other day. And yeah, because there's something about her and Kim Kardashian. Yeah, well, I and, read the thing, and she basically was just like that she knew like too much about the behind the scenes of Kim and Kanye, and so like she had to cut her out. But everybody's like, I think that's a lie. She just wants more attention. So for I a storyline or something, yeah. yeah. I do kind of want to watch the Miami one for sure. Um, I watch like I do watch a lot, like New York, Potomac, New Jersey. Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You and I watched Dallas, but they canceled it. Yeah. The only one I ever really got into is Orange County. And I think that I've heard that one's like so good, but now there's like so many seasons. I would have yeah. to like catch up. And then I watched like Summer House, Southern Charm. Okay. How do you have time for this? When do you watch all this? <laughs> okay. So when I was home with Asher during my like maternity leave, I uh-huh. would watch. A lot. A bunch. Like, just, like, because you're, like, bored. And then, like, COVID got me hooked on a bunch of them. And then, like, really at night, like, Asher goes to bed at, like, 7.30. And Reese goes to bed at, like, 8. So I've got, like, a good chunk of time. Yeah, that's when we watch our TV now is in the evening, like, after we get the babies down. But it's hard because Reese and I like to watch shows together. Obviously not those shows. But, like, if it's something Reese and I are watching together, it takes us longer to watch it. Because, like, he goes to bed at... Like oh, 8 or same. 8.30. Well, then Bailey doesn't like binge-watching shows like I do. Like, I could watch a whole season in a day. Same. And he, Bailey, like, watches one or two episodes, and he's like, okay, I need to watch something else. Unless it's The Office. He can watch The Office, like, literally all day, every day. He literally just did that before I came over. I know. Um. No, we actually just finished Dope Sick. And we started it, and we're, like, halfway. It is so good, is it not? It's so good, and it's it's, insane. Yeah, it's super sad that, like, it's real for the most part, you know? Yeah, based on a true story, and also, like, the documentary that goes along with it is called The Pharmacist. Oh, I haven't watched that. You need to watch it, because everyone says that that's, like, so good. I mean, I haven't, but everyone that watched Dope Sick, like, goes back and watches The Pharmacist. So, if you haven't heard of this, Dope Sick is about the opioid crisis. In the United States, yeah. and basically how they marketed them to, I can't ever say it. I know. It's basically just how big pharma, like, pushed it for money. And they pushed it into true. communities of, like, farming people and mining, mining people yeah. that, like, have chronic pain. And they marketed it as, like, they literally said less than 1% of people get addicted. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, like, a straight-up lie. Okay, after or well you haven't finished it but just from what you have seen has it not made you question like so many other medicines like and you Literally. just wonder if big pharma has just pushed it for little money a little bit but like i also can't go down that rabbit hole because i just I feel like yeah Ugh. it's i've gone down so many rabbit holes lately yeah i know random stuff like that so speaking of today i am going to share my infertility journey and getting pregnant and everything that we went through because I honestly haven't really shared my story like even on my Instagram I've like talked about it but I haven't ever gone through like everything that happened all the details yeah so I guess we'll just kind of start like when we started trying yeah so it was March of 2019 actually um we went to Italy for spring break with some of our friends And on that trip, so we had been married, we got married in June of 2018. So, you know, we'd been married however many months. And on that trip, we kind of decided that we were going to like, not officially trying, but the whole process, you you know, that time frame you go when you're like, we're not trying, but we're not not trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole like, like, we're not preventing it, whatever, whatever. 
So that's kind of when that happened. Well, my birthday's in May. And so after my birthday, because I remember, I don't know why, we had something planned for my birthday that year. I don't even remember what we did. But I wanted to be able to drink on my birthday. I remember. I mean, (laughs) who does it? And again, my birthday Cinco de Mayo. So like everybody parties on my birthday. But so um, we like were not not trying up until then. And then after my birthday, we were like, okay, like we're like officially trying. So it was like June when we said we are like officially trying. So like y'all were, so like timeline wise, y'all were trying when we were trying. Yeah. You just beat me to the punch. Yeah, but not by, I mean, well. Not by a whole lot. Not by a whole lot. But this is my question. Had you told your OB y'all were about to start trying? So, okay. So our trip to Italy in March, that January prior, I stopped taking birth control. I had been on birth control since high school. So a very long time. Um, because Cause you were how old in 2019? Um, what year is it right now? 2022. <laughs> 25. Yeah. So 25. Yeah. Cause we got married when I was 25. So I was 25. I'd been on it since I was 17. Um, because I first got, so I guess I can kind of backtrack, kind of talk about that. No, you're good. I first got on birth control when I was in high school because I was having irregular periods. Um, and really it had gone where I would like go a couple months without a period, which in high school, like that was totally fine. My yeah. You were like, that's like, amazing. Yeah. If I don't have to, you know, bleed every month then I'm not going to. And you were an athlete too. Right. Volleyball. Yes. So it was fine. But then it switched my senior year where I was having two periods in a month. No, no. And my doctor then was like, okay, yeah, no. Yeah. That's a like, giant nightmare. Do something. And so they put me on birth control, which um, is a total other side story. I'm in no way a medical professional. I just have my own personal feelings about birth control and wish that that wasn't like the first option that like is given to you in those situations. But that's beside the point. Just my personal feelings. I understand that. Like pumping yourself full of hormones or whatever. Like, yeah, I get it. And I do think that it possibly does because affect well yeah because you now I wonder if me being on it for that many years like affected our process you know and but there's no way to tell so, so. you were off of it from January and then June is like when we officially started trying and then I remember um 4th of July we were at a party at a friend's house and I was like kind of supposed to start around then and I had it and so I thought maybe I could be pregnant and I started at their house at that 4th of July party. Cool that's always a great feeling. And cried in their driveway to Bailey like before we left to go home and that was like when it started to like set in more that like okay we haven't been you know uh, using protection or anything like that since March and it still hasn't happened and like I know it takes some people a long time but I no 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 no. I was you know if you think about my you never think it's gonna take you a long time exactly like you know that it takes people a long time but you never think it's gonna be you like it felt like forever for us because my anxiety and it was only seven months and it was just like I made the whole situation miserable well and I just never thought it would happen to me because one like my grandma had nine kids and Dang. yeah, she's one of like 12. Is that me, Ma? Mm-hmm. So she had nine kids and then my mom was very fertile. I mean, there was four of us, but she like popped us out like back to back, basically. Like she never had problems getting pregnant or anything. Yeah, so and I my... just thought that I wouldn't yeah. have an issue either. That's how I was too, because my mom was on birth control from the time she was like 18. So like 1970s. Yeah. And she was literally on it until she was 33. And she literally told my dad, like, oh, my gosh, yo, I want to have a baby. Let's have a baby. And, like, got pregnant. That's crazy. So yeah. that I was like, cool, great. That's how it'll be. Yeah. Were you um, tracking 
So like were you using an app or Yes, you... I have the Flow app that like I've always used to like track my periods and stuff just to know. To do it. So yeah, I'd know when to buy more tampons and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I was using that app and on the Flow app it also has like your ovulation like predicted times and right. stuff. And so we would always like kind of follow that. And so, yeah, that July 4th party was, like, when the disappointment, like, really started to set in. And then it Did was Did y'all have, like, sorry, I no, just you're have fine. a question. Scheduled, like, hey, I'm ovulating, so we're going to do it this day, this day, this day. Um, like, was it yeah, super so scheduled would, out or no? We would look at my calendar and kind of, like, I would, out on the app, I would say, okay, it says that these are the days that are, like, better, um, you know, like... I think we need to. And then, yeah, we'd be like, okay, we have to today. And then at some point between then and November, I bought um, the, like, ovulation test strips Mm -hmm. and stuff and started using those and realized that the app was not always right. Right, of course. Especially, um, and again, everybody's different. But for me, I was always, like, a few days earlier, I think, or a few days later than, like, what it said. And so that really helped. So I recommend if you are trying to get the ovulation strips we just did it was like a like the tiny little strips it was like a bulk pack on amazon that was like reasonably priced it yeah was that's what i had too no i didn't ones, the no, I didn't ones have... you get at the store are expensive yeah i think i someone gave me some digital ones because they were about to start tracking and yeah. then they got pregnant and oh. they were like hi you can have these because i know you're trying but the, i had the big i had the, like a pack that yeah, came in a box yes yeah and so I started using those. And then so November um, came around and that, you know, had been like over six months of us. Like, I mean, since March, our Italy trip. Um, and so I finally made an appointment with my doctor just to see because actually in November I didn't have my period. Like it like skipped. Ugh. And yeah, and I was getting negative tests. So I knew something was like up. So I called my doctor to have like blood work done, all that stuff. So they did blood work. They checked like my thyroid. They checked, I mean, they checked like everything. Like a full panel. Yeah. And everything came back normal except for they like checked my ovulation and my ovulation, like it was just showing that I didn't ovulate basically. And so if you don't ovulate, then you don't have a period. Facts. And... Um, and again, not a medical professional here, just going off of what my doctors always told me, shared with me and my personal experience. Um, but yeah, so I had that done in November and my doctor at the time, he, I mean, was so supportive and he like wanted us to get pregnant so bad. Like I remember after that first appointment when he like, he got a pamphlet out and like literally wrote down everything I needed to know like for me so I would remember he even told me to take my phone out and record the conversation so, so that, that you yeah. I could refer back to it whenever that's amazing yeah like he's so good that's actually such a good pointer just like with anything yeah record record it because you don't remember crap yes no and so like he did all of that and because Bailey couldn't go to that appointment he was at work and so he was like definitely record this so that you can like play it back for your husband relay all the information yes. And so, like, the big thing at that appointment that they told me is that, one, infertility is common, unfortunately, and does happen to people. Um, But, I mean, being in my 20s, like, I had good chances of getting pregnant. Yeah, because you're 25. Like, you're not... Well, and then by that time, you were 26, but still, you're not... Right. Yeah. And, um, but the big thing is, is, like, there's four things for women. And, like, the first thing... um, is to like check that you're ovulating. The second thing, um, well, I guess four for like the couple. The second thing would be then to have your husband or partner, or whoever, ch- get their sperm checked. Right. And then after that, um, you know, have your fallopian tubes checked, flushed out or whatever yes, they do, flushed out. And then there's the possibility of surgery to check for bigger problems that they can't see, like, in an x-ray type thing. 
And so those were like our four options. And so he was like, okay, we did the blood work. We know you're not. But he was like ready to do these things after six months. Well, he, I mean, he always said like, it's up, like he left it up to us, but he would if we wanted to. See, and that's insane because my doctor was like, girl, we're not doing anything until it's been a year. And I love my doctor. I'm not, I'm not like. And there are some. She ended up being like that. She ended up being correct. Yeah. Because I did get pregnant within a year. Yeah. But she was like, I'm not even going to test your husband's sperm till it's yeah. been a year. Like, we're not going to do anything. So that's really, like, that depends on who your doctor is, yeah. really. So it had been, I mean, since March, I guess, like, eight months at that point. Well, and then you're getting close, you know? Yeah. And so um, he was just like, you know, whatever y'all want to do, we'll do it. If you want to wait, then we'll wait, blah, blah, blah. He even gave me the names and numbers of fertility specialists in case he was like, in case you don't trust my opinion, you can go ask them, but they're going to do the same thing. Right. You know, like this is the checklist you go by every time basically. And I've also heard that like once you have to go see a fertility specialist, it can take a while to get in. Yes, they are normally like very overbooked and the wait is long and they're typically more expensive. Right. And your insurance may may not cover. Um so yeah, so we or I had that appointment and so at that appointment when he told me those four things, the first one we had done, like we had done my blood work, we realized I wasn't ovulating. So we were just gonna deal with that first first and so there's a medicine called clomid which just helps you ovulate and so i started that the only issue with clomid and it is kind of scary is that you can only take it for like six months and then you have to stop for at least six months because it can cause ovarian cancer okay cool yeah so it's like again don't love that that's my option at this point but uh I tried it. Right. So I did um, the first round and it didn't work. Um, I mean, I did ovulate. But you didn't get pregnant. But we didn't get pregnant. So I remember I had to take my test and it was like around Christmas, like New Year's, that I took that first pregnancy test or whatever and it was negative and then I started my period. Well, uh, with the Clomid, you have Were you so like disappointed yeah breakdown yeah I cried every time I'm pretty sure and um with Clomid like it's very like time specific like you have to take it on day three of your period well day three of my period was like during Christmas and so the doctor like their offices were closed so I couldn't get another prescription of another round of the Clomid so I didn't do it that month and we were like okay well maybe it'll happen on its own well it didn't Um, and so then at that point, Bailey, we actually had him go to the doctor and have his sperm tested. Okay. See, I didn't know that Bailey had to get tested. Yeah, he did. And was he like, okay, yeah. Or was he like, it took some convincing, but I mean, he wanted, he actually wanted kids more than I did at this point. Like, I mean, I wanted them and but he wanted them first, which is funny because when we were dating, like it was always me. And then it kind of switched after we got married and he was like ready. Um, so yeah, but it took us some convincing because that is a very awkward appointment. I did not go with him. He just went and like, it's, it was just at a lab. That Do they, they did okay. It. So it's at a lab. It's not like at your doctor's office. No, it was like at the hospital, but it was like just in their like lab department or whatever. And Yeah, and he said it is like the movies where, you know, you go in and they, like, hand you a cup and they're like, okay, uh, you know, bring it back to us. Is it like the movies where they give you materials to help you? Because they do that on the movies. I think he said there was some in the bathroom. No. I think he said. I can't remember. I'll have to ask him. (sighs) But, yeah. So, anyway. So, he did that. so awkward. And, yeah. It came back that actually. Okay. So, funny story. So, they, when he first went, he went to the doctor and they like wrote him the order for like, for him to do it on the paper. It said that like, you could do it at home and then just bring the specimen. I mean, I just don't know why you wouldn't right. Be able to. And so that's what Bailey did the first time. But then 
like there was a wait in the waiting room at the lab. And so by the time he got it to him, they were like, oh, it's not good anymore. So then they were like, do it again. Well, he had just. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, then, and you're supposed to like. Yeah. You like, you have to like, um. Wait a day or so. Yeah, like you're like, not supposed to remember. do it. I want to say it was like three days. So because the, even whenever you're trying to get pregnant, they're like, don't have sex every day. Yeah. Because it has to like. Yeah. I think he had to wait like three days. Whatever. Then have the specimen. And then, um, yeah. So then you get there and they're like, well, here, just here's a new one. Go in the bathroom and do it again. And he's like, what? And so like, obviously that one came back like inconclusive because it was Had like just, back to back. So then he had to do it again. Wow. So Bailey's just like really putting in the work here. <laughs> yes, he was. And so... Um, it came back that his numbers were all good, but the motility of his sperm were not, um, meaning that they were basically just lazy, <laughs> lazy swimmers and, oh yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. They were slow moving. Uh huh. And so I, of course, just start like Googling, researching all this stuff. That's such I, a bad idea. And you're I not know. supposed to do that. I know. But I made him start taking these, all these vitamins <laughs> Basically, to, to try get his, to, like, help To them. energize the swimmers? Yes. And... Energizer bunny it? Uh-huh. And so he did that. And... What a I good guess, husband. I know, right? And then it was, like, so January-ish. And I did another round of Clomid in January. And then February hit and I um, was not pregnant. Right. So it didn't work again. And so then at that point, we kind of talked about like, okay, well, maybe we need to have his issue fixed first instead of me wasting the Clomid if I can only take so many doses of it anyway. Right, because you can only take six doses. Right. And so the urologist that my doctor actually sent him to um, said that like he went and had his appointment with him and said that he had, and I never can pronounce this correctly, so don't quote me on this, but it's like varicocellis, something like that. Okay. Basically think like varicose veins, like um, uh-huh. you get when you're older and stuff in your legs. It's like that, but on your man parts. Um, And it was like I mean, like suffocating his sperm, I guess, in a way you could say. Like it was. Okay, okay. Like I'm getting. Cutting off circulation, yep. kind of, is like a good way to explain it, I guess. So that's why his swimmers were lazy? Yes. Okay. So. They um, weren't just lazy by choice. Yes. Okay. So February, he had surgery and had um, a vein repaired. And How was that surgery? Was he like so nervous? Yes, and embarrassed, and he's not fully loving that I'm talking about this on the podcast, but he knows that, like, people need to know. I well, mean, and guys just need to be so, like, stuff Well, happens. and what's crazy is, like, after he had this done, like, he didn't tell, I mean, there's still a lot of our, like, close friends that don't know. Like, he didn't, like, want to tell people because, I mean. Guys have, are just yeah, different. to have surgery down there, like, it's embarrassing, And guys just feel like anything that has to do with their penis are going to feel emasculated. Yeah. And it's like, no. Everyone yeah, like we just want to have babies. We just so. want to have babies. Everyone has stuff. Every like it's just it's so much more normal than you think. Yeah. But guys don't think it's normal because none of them freaking talk about it. Yeah. Is yeah. the problem. So after he had this done, this um, girl that I know from back home, she had just posted her husband had the same exact thing. And then a blogger I follow, um, I randomly came across her like uh, fertility story and her husband had the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much more common than I thought, yet I've never heard of it. Right. Because. And so, yeah. So. Maybe that will help somebody listening. Who knows? But anyway, so he had that surgery. And after you have that surgery, like, it it doesn't immediately fix it. Like, it takes time for, like, the sperm to, like, get back to where they need to be. And so they gave us kind of a time frame of, like, six to nine months. The numbers should be back to where they were. And the his doctor, his, like, urologist was like, that doesn't mean don't try. Like, it could be fine next month. 
but I would imagine six to nine months is like where you're looking better. And then so March, like he had that in February, March came around and they checked his numbers again and they had gone up a little bit, but they still were low. So we didn't do Clomid. We like opted out until we knew his numbers were good because I didn't right. want to waste the doses. And um, so then it was over the summer that he had his like numbers run again and they were back to normal. Like they were perfect. Okay. So, and so by now it's summer. So you've like fully been trying a year. Yeah. Over a you've year. You've done year Clomid. Yes. And now Bailey's had Yeah. It was like surgery. July and his numbers were back to normal. So August comes around. I go back to my doctor cause I'm like, okay, we're going to get another thing of Clomid. And Bailey and I just talked about it. And I'm like, okay, maybe we need to go ahead and have my tubes checked, you know, all of that stuff too, to make sure that we're not just wasting more time. Because at this point I was like, okay, we did the first two things on the list, but let's just go ahead and do the others because I don't want to wait another year if we could have surgery now and fix whatever the possible the issue, issue is. issue, yeah. Yeah. So go to my doctor and I kind of tell him what we're thinking and he's like, okay, yeah, um... And with the tubes, like, you could have, like, the x-ray done where they put dye and then they, like, flush them that way. Um, or he could ha- do surgery and check for endometriosis and flush my tubes while he's in there checking for the endometriosis, basically. And with endometriosis, like, he had told me that from the initial appointment that that would kind of be, like, your last resort option would to have surgery to check for that. But... That I, like, I sh- did not ever have any symptoms of endometriosis. Yeah, because I know people, I feel like endometriosis is such a, like, large scale. Like, there are people who have it so bad. Yes. And they have so many symptoms. It's, like, chronic pain. And it's chronic pain. Yeah. And they have surgeries. And, like, they're, they, like, have hysterectomies yes. as, like, young people. Yes. Because it's their pain so bad. And then there's people like in the middle of that spectrum that are like, they have a little bit of pain. Yeah. They know that they have it. Yeah. So I, and then there's people that have no symptoms ahead of time. Right. Well, and I say no symptoms. I never, you know, when you talk about your period cramps and stuff, like looking back on it, I'm like, okay, maybe mine were worse than other people. I just thought that was was normal. I was wondering is like, did you like now looking back? Are you like, oh, okay, like sometimes, I had it. sometimes I am, but now it's hard for me because now that I, after I found out I had it, I haven't had a period since then because I got pregnant. Right. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, well now I just need to wait until I have because I still haven't got my period back since I'm breastfeeding. Right. Um. So yeah. So that's the whole thing, but. So we go and he says, you know, I can do both of these at the same time in the surgery. Do you want to go ahead and do the surgery? And I'm like, yeah, like, let's go ahead and do it. Um, And the surgery, you kind of have to time right. Also, you have to do it because he told me I could go ahead and take another round of Clomid. And you have to do it in that window, basically, of when you ovulate and when your period ends is like when you can have the surgery. So that I did that in August. And took that round of Clomid hoping to get pregnant like right after. And let me tell you, that was like a chore to be recovering from surgery and say, okay, we have to do this today because this is the window we have. Uh, Yeah, it was the worst. And he'll tell you the same thing. He was like, you know, not enjoyable. Like it was definitely a chore, but it was like business. Yes. It was a business deal. Yes. And so. Guys, but getting pregnant really does turn into that I feel like whenever you are trying oh yeah especially if it's if you're somebody that like it didn't just happen on the first try yeah um but anyways so I recovered from that surgery but during that surgery we it came back that I did have endometriosis my fallopian tubes were fine he flushed them out they were clear and everything worked good there um but I had the tissue um, yes, I had like the, and I have actually have pictures, um, that he gave me that like, he like, so what they do during the surgery is if you have endometriosis, um, it's basically where like when you menstruate, it goes outside of your tubes and then mm-hmm. it attaches to like your walls and whatnot. 
And he went in there and like cauterized that, all that tissue off. So he right. like basically and so burned it off of me. The like official definition for those that want to know is a disorder in which in which the tissue normally lines the uterus grows outside the uterus. Yeah. So it's like your uterine liner, lining is also outside your uterus. And it can be found on your ovaries, fallopian tubes, or intestines. And it's very common, more than 200,000 cases in the United States per year. Yeah. So, so, yeah, very crazy. And whenever he first told me about it, too, I kind of fit the, like, stereotype for it. Because statistically, it happens to um, women that are, like, fair skin, fair hair. So, mm-hmm. me being redheaded, I already had a higher chance. Um, it happens to white women more. So, there it bumps my chance again. And then um, he said, like, thin, like, athletic women. Right. Like, um you know, not obese, anything like that. So, I, like, fit the stereotype. And he was, like, not – and when he told me, like, he's, like, you know, not saying you have it, but – you fit the stereotype. Like, I so wouldn't be surprised after everything. Yeah. And so it came back, and actually, it came back that I had stage two, possibly stage three endometriosis because of how much tissue I had. Oh my gosh. So, like, the stages are based on the buildup of tissue? Yes. And then, like, cysts as well. I didn't have any cysts, so that's why he didn't go ahead and say it was stage three. But I guess the amount of tissue was stage three worthy. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, looking back on it now, I do wonder, like, okay, were my cramps worse? You know, right? Because the symptoms are like extremely painful periods, pelvic pain, cramping several days, pain with intercourse at times. I mean, and I would say that my cramp. I mean, I did have several days of cramping. Some days were light. Some days weren't bad at all. Some days like I couldn't sit up because it was like, but I never, like I had friends I remember like would have to have heating pads or they would like throw up when they had their periods, things like that. And none of that ever happened to me. I just like Hmm. thought yeah, everybody cramped like that, you know? And then that's crazy too. It's like, there's no way to like compare like, cause it's not like you can feel your friend's cramps, you know, like you don't right, know. You don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause I had terrible cramps in high school. Like I would have to like go home and like, I wasn't being a wuss. Like I was yeah. like throwing up sick, like feeling terrible. Yeah. So, but like, as far as I know, I don't, but like also it's very common. Well, so, and like, I was on birth control for so long and I don't know if that like lessened my pain because it was like regulating my periods more. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, so had that surgery, that round of Clomid that I had, like with that surgery didn't work, but my blood work came back that my numbers were very high. Like I remember when I got the blood work back, it was like that I ovulated enough to have twins. Um, Whoa. Yeah, after that surgery because um, – so with your ovulation numbers, whenever you have, like, your blood work done and stuff, it's, like, if you have a number that's less than 5, it means that you, like, didn't ovulate. Between 5 and 10 is, like, okay, you ovulated. Anything above 10 is, like, you had excellent ovulation. Um, if you go, like, above 20, then that's when you get into, like, multiples and things like that. And after that surgery, mine was 30. And you were on Clomid too. And so, yes, that was my third round of Clomid. But I hadn't had it in like seven months. Um, So really it was like my first dose all over again because it had been so long. Um, But yes, and I was on the lowest dose of Clomid as well. But I actually was ovulating now and my number came back 30. So I was very optimistic that like we were going to get pregnant right and then we didn't and so that was super sad and And what month is it now this was the end I had the surgery I think it was the beginning of August um so then it was like the end of August and I was not pregnant right and then so September came I took another round of Clomid and we got pregnant dang yeah 
second month after the surgery. So within a month of me having the surgery, um, we got pregnant. Okay, so did they tell you, like, after this surgery... Yes, so... You were going to get pregnant, or, like, the... Like, did they give you a percentage or, like, it's likely within X amount of months? Yeah, I can't remember the percentage, but after the surgery, he said you kind of have, like, a six-month window of, like, this is your optimal, like, fertility time. He said after I had that surgery, he was like, this is probably the most fertile you're ever going to be because, one, I just cleared your fallopian tubes out. Like, everything is perfect, ready to go in your body. It just has to happen, basically. Dang. And um, so, yeah. So, kind of six months was our window. It happened within the first month, but second round of Clomid, um, which I still have endometriosis. Whenever I do start to have my periods again, I will have it, and it could cause an issue again. Like, I may have to have that surgery again. That was my next question is, like, endometriosis, you don't get rid of it. Right. Unless you get, like, go into menopause or have a hysterectomy. Yeah. So you don't get rid of it. So therefore, like, what does this mean when you get pregnant again? Like, are you just going to... So he said the surgery, um, like, ideally for endometriosis, like, symptoms and everything is good for, like, a couple years, he would say. Like, some people it could be longer, but, like, he felt comfortable saying, like, two years. Um, But if you are not having a period that just extends your time longer because you're not menstruating right and having that lining and that's what issue. creates that lining so issue, yeah. since I got pregnant didn't have a period while I was pregnant I'm still breastfeeding still not having a period I'm just like prolonging that even more but I mean at the same time I'm not having a period so if we were trying to get pregnant you know it may not happen right away um so whenever or if we do decide. You can get pregnant breastfeeding, Ashley. I know. But if we do decide to have more kids, you know, once I do have my periods and stuff back, my plan She's is just. She's being really nice and respectful to her husband by saying if, but I already know that the answer is. <laughs> when. When. Because she wants more kids. But, well, and I just, like, tell myself, like, I go back and forth, honestly, most days because yes I would absolutely love to have more kids but sometimes I think like God gave me a boy and a girl twins because that's all my body has in it yeah you know? no I could see that so for sure. I do go back and forth I mean I would absolutely love to have more but obviously I'm going to be happy with the two perfect little babies obviously you would if I can't Um, but my plan is if we do start trying again to start tracking my ovulation and stuff just to make sure I am ovulating again. And then if I have issues, then I'll have to talk to my doctor again at that point. But I mean, hoping my endometriosis stays mild where like, I don't really have symptoms. Do they, um, I, I know I asked this before, but like, are you going to be like high risk next time? Like, like does in does like the fact that you have endometriosis make you like high risk at all or like pregnancy wise? Yes. No. As okay. F- yeah. As far as so I know, so it's just like it affecting not. the getting pregnant part. Yes. Like okay. Because I remember when I first had my appointments after I got pregnant, um, you know, they ask you like your medical history and surgeries you've had, and you know, blah blah blah. And so I told them I was like, I have endometriosis. You know, I just had surgery in August and. Um, they asked me about all of that, but it never was like an issue pregnancy wise. Right. You know, once you were pregnant, it wasn't an issue anymore. So for the next pregnancy, did they say like, y'all just like, just try, like, do you just try like you would, like you did from the beginning or are you automatically going to like need to do Clomid or... No, so a lot of people, like, never have to do Clomid again, and they can just get pregnant right away. Um, I actually know a girl that kind of had the same situation as me. She had twins um, and then got, like, pregnant right after um, without Clomid. So, yeah, I could possibly not – because the reason the endometriosis, like, caused it is because I had had it for so long. It, like, made it where – I wasn't ovulating, but you know, the first couple periods I have, say we decide that we're going to try to get pregnant. I 
there's a chance I could get pregnant easily. Because Well, that's not bad. Because yeah, I mean the menstruating hasn't been causing an issue. Right. You know. So it's I mean, we don't know for sure, but That's like kind of crazy. Like like Bailey had to have surgery. Yeah. You okay, so once they found out you had endometriosis, was it like, oh, Bailey, like, maybe didn't have to have surgery? Or, like, no, for sure, he probably did. Um, We've, like, we thought about that, but I think it was genuinely both of us. Because, okay. I mean, his, we, which the doctor told us, we could have gotten pregnant without him having surgery. Um, Or, well, the chances were high. For us to like it's not like it was impossible I guess I shouldn't say hi there was a chance we could get pregnant without having surgery okay um but there was a higher chance if he had it had it fixed for us to get pregnant and like for future babies and right stuff. right okay right yeah and no family history of like endometriosis no so a couple of my aunts struggled with infertility but the times were so different yeah. at that point. Like, um, I actually have talked with both of my aunts, more one of my aunts that she tried to get pregnant for like nine years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Very long time. But um, they finally did with um, IUI, uh, artificial insemination or whatever okay. it's called. IVF? No. IUI. It's like... Um, where like the turkey baster like yes. jokes like yes. you know that's what people joke about anyways but she struggled for a really long time and then one of my other aunts she ended up not ever having kids um which they're totally okay with they're like the best aunt and uncle in the world mm-hmm. and you know we all love them like crazy and yeah she gets like cool aunt status yes and has always had that, like, ever since we were little. Yeah. Like, she's the cool aunt. That, because... that like, Instagram thing that's, like, I'm going to be the cool aunt that travels and has wine breath and, like. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> my aunt. There you go. Um, but my <laughs> other aunt that she eventually did, she, like, they struggled for all that time. And then she got pregnant. She has two kids. Her second kid, they just had naturally, like, got pregnant. That's crazy. After struggling for nine years. I so so it does make us wonder if she had it. For sure. Um because yeah, we don't really know. I wonder I mean, if it is like genetic at all. I don't even know. I don't know either, honestly. I've I've looked it up. It's just been so long. I don't know. Stuff like that though, I mean well, a and, lot of times it's not. Well, and there's just so many things that it's like you don't know and there's no way to tell. Yeah. Like, you don't know, birth control, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And my after, so after I had the twins, actually, at my six-week appointment with my OB, she said, because I was worried, I talked to her about it, I said, okay, well, now that, you know, I'm not pregnant anymore with my endometriosis, like, what would be the best option? And she suggested that birth control would help because it would help regulate it. Um, just so like if I were to have two periods a month again, anything like that, then it's like, that's more menstruating and going to just make the endometriosis worse essentially. But because I haven't had a period naturally for so long, I don't know that I would have two in a month again. And I didn't want to just assume that right off the bat. So I, I haven't taken birth control. I'm not on it now and I don't plan to take it. I don't, I, I want to let my body like get in its natural course again and then kind of see and then if I eventually have to to like help regulate whatever then I will but my plan is not to take it yeah I did take birth control um I guess at that like six week appointment I Mm -hmm. started but it was like the lower dose because of like your breath like they don't want it to affect like your breast milk yes and so I did do that um because I had, maybe it wasn't the six week. I don't remember when, but I had gotten my period and it was like the most terrible thing I've ever experienced. Like it was awful and it was. Well, I will say at the. So irregular. Three month mark, I did, I think have like a small period, but then I haven't had one since then. 
and I've oddly enough seen a lot of people say that like at the three month they kind of like bleed but then they don't until they stop breastfeeding yeah so then I stopped breastfeeding and then I had a period and it was like atrocious yeah and I was like dreading that excuse me like (laughs) I'm on birth control this should have not been an issue yeah like it should not be this bad and then like it was sorry you're on birth control right now no Okay, yeah, I'm wondering because I'm waiting for baby number two. Because it was all over the place, all over the place, my period. And that's when I decided, like, nope, I'm not doing I'm not doing this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have a baby right now. I'd rather just be careful and have my body fall into line because I felt like by the time I'm by the time I got myself regulated on birth control, it was gonna be time to get off birth control. Yeah. To prepare because yeah. they're like get off three months before you want to start trying like yes. blah 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 so it's just like no I'm just gonna track it like we'll just be careful and if it happens it happens and that's just like kind of where we're at but also I was wondering when all this is going on over a like a total time period I guess from whenever y'all started like if you said June 2019 mm-hmm. and you got pregnant what September 2020 mm-hmm. so a year and what? Four. I would say when we first started, like, not being careful from to when we got pregnant, it was 18 months. Okay. So, a year and a half. Yeah. So, during this year and a half, who knew that you were trying to get pregnant? Oh. Um. Like, who all knew you were trying to get pregnant? Nobody knew for a while. Like, we didn't tell. Like, we would just when people asked us, we would just say that we were not, not trying. Um, because we, you do feel extremely discouraged and, and you don't want to have to tell people every time and it freaking sucks. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to tell people, um, because it's so like heartbreaking that you don't want to have to keep telling people like, no, I got my period again. No, I got my period. Again. You know, it's, it was just a lot. So we didn't really tell a lot of people, I don't think I told my mom until like that end of the summer of 2019. I had told her because she had kept like kind of asking me. Um, and so I told her and then I would just send her a text every month and say, I started my period just so like she wouldn't like ask me. Yeah. Just so she knew. And then Uh. I really don't, I mean, I would tell my mom and then Bailey and that was, I mean, our friends, like, knew that we wanted kids. I think it was the summer, so the summer of 2020, 20. really. So it was before my um, surgery. surgery. Yeah, it was before my surgery that that summer I kind of was more open about it to all my friends because I remember there was one time we were at, like, a pool party kind of, but it was just, like, a bunch of my girlfriends, and I told them, like, yeah, I'm not pregnant again and kind of like opened up more at that point and then told them about the surgery that I was like considering having. So yeah, we we kept it pretty hidden. Yeah, because like I didn't even know, like I remember you having surgery, Mm -hmm. but I never knew that Bailey did. Yeah, no. And like I said, uh, the majority of people, this, if anybody listens to this podcast, this is probably the first time they're going to hear about so, it. So like when Bailey had to have surgery, is that when like his parents knew that y'all were trying? They probably knew before. They probably knew at that November appointment when I first went in and had like my blood work done and stuff. Okay. That's when like his mom knew, I think. And then kind of more open about it. Like I think my parents like had told my grandma or something at that point but right other than that most people didn't know and that's one thing too about like when you are trying it's so hard to deal with like people asking you and if you're somebody who has not struggled with infertility um like we know you don't mean it like that whenever you ask like oh when are you gonna get pregnant you know when are y'all gonna have babies you know it's like but I they know could be you going through some stuff because I think about it often before we started trying how many times I said that to people um same and then you're like wow I probably made so many people feel terrible because it doesn't just 
happen as easily as you think. And actually, so before I had told people that I was pregnant, um, one of my cousins got pregnant and was wanting, like my family was wanting to throw her like kind of a little shower at like our big family Christmas. Cause that was like the only time we were all going to get together. And my aunt that had struggled for so long to get pregnant and like knew, um, about like my infertility struggles and stuff. She had called me to make sure I was okay with it. That's so sweet. I know. And, and of course you'd be okay. With well, it. and not only that, but I was pregnant. Yeah. I just hadn't told anybody. And so I told her on the phone. I was like, well, actually, I'm pregnant. And so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it was before we knew it was twins. Um, but yeah. But it so. is hard because I feel like whenever you are trying, and I did not struggle with infertility. I struggled with um, anxiety and being impatient. Yeah. So it's just like completely different. Which goes hand in hand. I mean, it does. But like you... It seems like when you're trying, someone else in your circle also is, and, and then they get they pregnant, get pregnant right and you're like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, and then just And you're everybody... not, like, not happy for them, but it... Yeah. You can't help but, like, have your own pity party. Yes. Because then it's like everybody you know is getting pregnant or everything. Every time you open Instagram or Facebook, somebody else is pregnant, and it just... And it's know, probably it's... not really like that. It's just, like, on your mind. Yeah. It's like whenever you buy a car and you're like, and you oh, start seeing your it. car everywhere yes, everywhere yeah <laughs> it's exactly like that but um yeah so it's definitely hard to deal with but I hope that sharing my story will help somebody because like I said a lot of it is super common and we had no idea yeah I can't believe endometriosis is as common as it is I mean I thought yeah. like Celebrity wise, that like Lena Dunham, mm-hmm. and she's had all these surgeries mm-hmm. and all these scars and all these things. But then there's people like you that like have not had all these symptoms, yeah, symptoms and things that to I like, know of, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have chronic pain, so no. like, how else would you know, you know, yeah, until you try to get pregnant? So it's kind of crazy, it is. Oh, well, I feel like that was a good one, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going to go. But I hope you have a great rest of your week. And cheers to people getting pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, cheers. Keep on momming. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Mom Stuff Podcast. And if you like us, which we hope that you do, please rate, review, and subscribe because that would really help us out a lot. And tell all your mom friends.